Hey, hey, welcome back. This is Frame Rate, where we rate frames. Uh, I'm Abe Epperson, one of your hosts. I'm Michael Swain, one of your other hosts. And we're here with a special guest. Uh, introduce yourself. What's up, y'all? Back again. Jackie's Neil. How you guys doing? Good. Thanks yeah. for having me back. Thanks for being here. Yeah. 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 Uh, last time we talked Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, boy, are we going to. And that was 1986. <laughs> this and now another one light is... movie musical. Another... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've mixed up my notes. Yeah. 1991. <laughs> Which film is this one? Uh, guys, let's get black as hell in here. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk Boys in the Hood, motherfuckers. Boys in the Hood. The directorial Shit. debut, I believe, of John, John Singleton. Yes, absolutely. John Singleton, he was 23 when he filmed this movie. Yeah, it was Fresh his writing debut and uh, directorial debut. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, what is really your writing debut? But writing, like film, like this is the first movie that this he is feature -length. That's what we yeah. mean. I'm sure he made shorts and film school, etc. Yes, yeah. but this was when he came on the scene. Um, and yeah, it's got uh, Kubi Goody Jr., Larry Fishy. <laughs> Icy Cubie, <laughs> Morris Chestnut, Regina King, 1991. You said that. Oh, yeah. um, also, Angela Bassett. Oh, we got to put, put some respect on Nia Long's name. Oh, Nia Long, okay. Nia yes, Long. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Angela Bassett, her first film. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's yeah. true. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, John Singleton also, this made him the youngest uh, director ever nominated for Best Director. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it and was the first black Bef nom uh, right. director. Before that, it was Orson Welles. So it's nice to see Orson <laughs> Welles Spike taking Lee out didn't of even for nah. Do the Right Thing? Nah, uh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't no. really care about the Oscars, so that's uh, why I, don't really know, I think like, that was a. That I was, understand that that's an important point. That was like a big thing. Was yeah. that he right. didn't get nominated for for that uh, yeah, movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it got nominated for I think Sup screenplay. Screenplay and best supporting actor. Yeah, yeah but and not, director. not director. And didn't win anything. And uh, that's fucked up. You know what? You know who it won? Yeah. What? Uh, Silence of Lambs, Jonathan Dem uh, Demi. <laughs> and that year? That year, uh, that's the 93 ones. I remember everyone's bizarre fascination with Silence of the Lambs and like elevating it to the status of one of the great films. And I just don't see it. Spoiler alert for a Silence of yeah. the Lambs episode. It's fine. We yeah. It's just like a movie. A we movie. talked about this on the <laughs> Thelma and Louise podcast yeah. because like uh, it, Thelma and Louise was like also oh. it's so John Singleton, Jonathan Demi, uh, and also Ridley Scott are is in the mix. Yeah. And like there's there's a lot of power in that year, but like there's a few obvious answers and right. all of them seem to be for the Academy, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, no, actually, I don't think I think the script of this is way better. Right. I think the direction is way better in that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Silence of the Lambs should Solid have won film. anything. Didn't yeah. really win everything. Just did everything pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's not outstanding in so one So fuck the Academy. Sure. Uh, and let's talk about Boys in the Hood. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we usually start your keys by asking our guests what brought Drew them to this movie on the yeah. list because we sent out a big list. Uh, Boys in the Hood is an important movie just in black cinema. Uh, I, it, it also is a movie that... It also is a movie that I feel like could have been the last movie that we needed of its kind, because uh, mm -hmm. it yeah. is. Okay. Uh, whenever you talk about black cinema or cinema, I, I want to. I I will not say that again because I actually hate that term. Uh, cinema made by black filmmakers, right? Uh, you know, and the ones that studios 
uh, green light, especially back then, it's always, all right, let's show these crazy struggles that the black community goes through, right? Uh, whereas everybody else gets, yeah, look, we can get, we let's give y'all a little shop of horrors. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, so I think, but this movie does it so fucking well because it is a movie that I saw when I was really young. I was five when this movie mm. came out. So I was really, really young. So it was five or six. And... You know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. So, you know, Chicago, Crenshaw, mm. Bronx, Brooklyn, all these neighborhoods have parallels. So right. mm. the scope of the scope of Boys in the Hood, that as I watch it as an adult, is very um what's the word I'm looking for? It is very I, I recognize it so well. Uh, It is such a recognizable film where other movies like Menace to Society, for instance, which is great, or Juice, uh, which is another good movie. You know, these the black hood thug movies uh, that came out in that general time frame are very good films, but aren't as recognizable as this is what it's like to grow up in a black neighborhood as much as Boys in the Hood was. Aren't as grounded, maybe, or, yeah. It's not even that they're not as grounded. It is just, it is, Boys in the Hood is a look into what it's like to grow up in this type of neighborhood. Whereas Menace to Society or Juice is what it's like to be within a faction of this type of neighborhood. Or even, like, to me, this was the first time I'd seen Boys, and it's amazing how, it's like watching a, it was like watching a Charlie Chaplin movie and being like, oh, that's where all those jokes came from. Like those oh. eight bits were invented here. Yeah. Uh, I was like every other movie I've seen about living in the hood yeah. is inspired by this movie, clearly. Like, yeah, it kind of is. I mean, um, all the way to like if you saw, I don't know, Imperial Dreams from two years ago. I was catching boys in the hoods. I mean, and I'm sure because they're coming from like the tropes of the neighborhood, you you know, people would argue, well, we made Menace based on our interpretation of that reality as well. But I really think Boys in the Hood deserves extra credit for like how early on it is, mm-hmm. how hard it was. They tried to take it away from John Singleton and have some random white person directed. Yeah, and he, was he, like, he denied it. No, 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 like, no, I'll no, never no. give this to a studio. No one from Casino, no one from I'll put it in a drawer, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the fact that it spawned this whole subgenre of film that I agree with you now verges very much on and sometimes way goes into like let's tour the struggles of black people whoa Mm. crazy Um, but like I don't know I don't lay a lot of the like negative aspects of that on this film because at the time he was trying to tell a story that no one was telling in film so he's like well I mean do the right thing was first was it? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, Do there, the right there have been movies, even going back to like... It's visionary genius. It's yeah. a great movie. But even going back to, say, for instance, uh, you know, like Cornbread Earl and Me, for instance, it's about living in a black neighborhood and mm-hmm. dealing with the violence, like when they shot... Like uh, the famous line, they shot Cornbread, is almost yeah. very similar to when they shot Ricky in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who had a promising future to get out of this neighborhood right, and like it's gunned down, right? Um so yeah, they the, the 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 hood movie had been made before Boys in the Hood and Boys in the Hood really took 
genres of that. But the thing about all, a lot of those movies, uh, maybe not so much Do the Right Thing, but the, uh, Do the Right Thing was very stylized. Yeah. Uh, where Boys in the Hood is not, in my opinion. No, it, and, you're not. John Singleton agrees with you. Yeah. On that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he uh, yeah. is very stylized. And I'm not, that, I'm not taking anything away from do the right thing. Do the right thing is great, yeah, but it's, it's stylized is, in a way where it's not a tour. Like at the point, like yeah. by Chirac, it's like a musical and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good lord. Uh, but yeah, I like Chirac. I, I hated Chirac. Uh, maybe that's because I'm from Chicago. I was right, like, right, this right. Shit is terrible. Oh, I didn't think I was learning anything real about Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was an awesome it's just a, a thing movie. To see. Yeah, yeah, as a standalone. <laughs> but yeah, dude, this this movie. One thing that it, it done, didn't do, like even Cornbread, for instance, is about specifically one guy who has a future. Where <laughs> this one isn't about, I know, you know, Cooper Gidden Jr. is the star, uh, Lawrence Fishburne right. and everybody, but it's not about a person. It's about, it's yo, about the let me just take you through, this is what it's like to grow up in Crenshaw. That's, yeah, it's so, not even a community. You get a sense of a community, but it's more of like, it's Let's just put it through the lens of like these friends and their family yeah. and like their day to day. Like you're just walking through right. the day. It felt like American graffiti in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess that's what I mean is, yeah. Not that it invented the tropes, certainly, but I don't know. It felt like it grounded them. It feels to me like John Singleton at that time set out with a very clear goal and like nailed it. Yeah. To bring these stories into mainstream film in a way. That is palatable to broad audiences. Yeah. Because uh, I noticed watching it and then looking up in the trivia, again, John Singleton was like, Yeah, I meant to do that. That's intentional. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. All right. So I'm dumb. But I thought how amazing it was that this is essentially an adaptation of Stand By Me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is Stand By Like, they even, and I love just as a point of comparison, Stand By Me, the whole movie is about a group of kids going out and being like, do you want to see a dead body? I don't know if I can handle seeing a dead body. Our whole lives are going to change after we We're see We're going to lose our body. innocence. And the end of the movie is we saw the dead body. Wow, life sure is different now. Mm -hmm. In Boys in the Hood, like 25 minutes in, mm -hmm. the kid goes, you want to see a dead body? And they're all like, yeah. And he goes, it's right there. And yeah. they go, cool. I know a lot about blood and guns and stuff. Like, they knock out the entire plot of Stand By Me in 20 minutes, I think is so effective to be yeah, like, because like you said, uh, if it's, you know, Do the Right Thing came first, but Do the Right Thing is stylized in a way that I think is uniquely Spike Lee. Spike Lee is also like an auteur director who's like, it's a story, but it's not a generic, it's not a transparent story. It mm -hmm. has my art spin on it. Mm -hmm. This was like, we can tell a story about South Central Los Angeles that is with the same like empathy and global view that we would give to the kids in Stand By Me. Yeah, and that seems new for the time. Yeah, it it, it I I would I definitely assume it is. I mean, this movie is one of the rare movies like eleven like a year after it was eligible got put into like the National Film Register oh, for like preservation yeah. because it was just such a it's such a great look. You know, growing up. In the hood, mm -hmm. personally, uh, like growing up with the, uh, the 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 symphony of gunshots nightly, almost, mm -hmm. and growing up, but not feeling unsafe, 
Like if that makes okay. sense. Like yeah. I, it was just like, oh yeah, gunshots. A tactic uh, Singleton used in this movie. Did right. you know that he he wouldn't tell actors when guns would fire? Yeah, because so you don't they, know. You yeah, don't know, but so it, that they react really. Yeah. Although if you've ever been on a set with, like, if you ever have heard gunshots pretty close, it's like. There's nothing, even if you're prepared for it, you're not prepared for it. But when you're really not prepared for it, you're really not. Yeah. But it's more yeah. it's more just like, and I'm just speaking of experience, when you hear that, a lot of times you, you don't even react. But when you do react, it's more of just like, like if I just dropped my phone right now, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you would jump. Just because it's a loud noise. Yeah. But then you'd be like, oh, that's just gunshots. And you right. just go back to yeah. what you're doing, you yeah. know? And like just hanging out on the porch or mm-hmm. it being just your block. You know, like, yeah, it's a neighborhood, but I think what a lot of people don't realize uh, with these type of communities is it's very central to your block. Your block is a community. Right. It's not just, it's not like LA where yeah. Silver Lake is the community. No, like, your block is the community. And that's what this very much was. Like, you're, and people come through and stuff like that. Yeah. But the everyday life of not only these kids, not only this neighborhood, but this block right uh is s- such a good look into what everyday life is like, yeah for of, a lot of these people and of course, we also owe Friday the whole franchise to this movie because mm-hmm. Singleton had to personally approach Cubes Ice Cube at concerts and like lobby him to be in this role, and then later argued that you should write screenplays about your own experience. So then we get the comedy Friday, the comedy look yeah, like a similar which situation. Which Nia Long and Regina King were in. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Which is, or so, Regina, yeah, Regina King, uh, which is pretty dope to see. Uh, I love, uh-huh. that's exactly what the movie's about. And I, there's a moment in the movie that really, when I watched it for this time around, I was like, fuck, that's so good. Cause he has it just right in there. I love it when movies have like a small little scene. That's like a microcosm of the film itself. Mm-hmm. And it to me, this scene is very much when he's um, <clears throat> he's walking back out of the barbecue, uh, and he's and he sees the baby in the street. Mm-hmm. Tra- oh, Doughboy yeah, does. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. no cool. Trey uh, does. Trey does. Trey does. He says, "Keep Tracy's. the baby off the street. She's oh, gonna okay. hit get hit one of these days." It's yeah. such a like a, it's so larried because like Trey's getting like furious his teachings, his dad, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like he's wants to get out at this point. He kind of he already knows he doesn't want to live here but he's not had that act two break where he like needs to get out of here mm-hmm. you know kind of thing uh he's ho- like hoping to save an innocent and tell the person who he thinks is be a good mom yeah be yeah. a good mom you're at fault here uh trying to take care literally of the street taking care of little literal innocent yeah and like the unlawful tyranny of the streets in a way of like the car itself is like you don't know the the car is not aggressive or anything like that. The car, in fact, is like stop and is like is she okay kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But you can tell it like the car's tricked out. You know, like you mm-hmm. can tell that that's there's probably drugs bought that car mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it's like it's all built up that the tendrils are right. so. But just because you're a drug dealer doesn't mean you'll run over anything, a baby. It's nuanced. <laughs> but it's saying it all. You yeah. know, it's it's yeah. it's saying this is just a snapshot of it. If it's just like God taking a photograph. As opposed to say, like, look at what the street means. This is what the street means. It doesn't have a thesis. Right. It's just you're doing what you got to do in that moment to try to yeah. make it better. If but anything. it does have a very strong, clear, and I would say very traditional movie arc. Sure. Like Jakees was saying with mm-hmm. Ricky, where it's like, 
And it got me anyway. I was like, we we're like, well, he'll only make it to his dreams if he gets over 700 on the SATs. And I'm like, so that's the guy who's going to die. Mm. And at the end of the movie, we're mm. going to see that he barely passed the SATs. But it didn't matter. When, right. they, when I saw the SAT thing, I still went, oh, Ricky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just to go, you know, to jump ahead to that part, one of the reasons that... And I would even argue, so that's, that's, the, that's the climax of the movie for sure. But I don't even think that's there because the movie isn't about that even. The movie not isn't about Ricky. Yeah. The movie isn't about his story or like, will this kid get out? It's not about that at all. It's almost like a, a subplot right. uh, that is the antithesis uh, or antithesis of the actual uh, symptom of living in his neighborhood. What the movie is about Ice Cube's character, Doughboy, says with his final monologue, uh, when he's talking about he turned on the news and yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 like in this neighborhood, Ricky was about to get a scholarship to go to USC. He was a big deal. He was obviously the kid that was going to get out and could make it to the NFL yeah. possibly or get a, co- a degree. He was di- he was quote unquote different. But right? right, the movie doesn't treat but him. The like movie the main doesn't treat him like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And what the movie is about is when I, uh, Doughboy Ice Cube's character is saying, "I turned on the news." And, you know, it's a whole bunch of foreigners' uh, stories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Not one story about my brother. Do they care Nothing about us? No. Do they know about us? Or do they see us? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, they don't. Mm-hmm. And, like, this person who was so important, so important, yeah. like, yeah. to these people on this block. And, and the community. Yeah. And the community. Nothing. And that's what the movie is about. Like, the movie totally. is about, <clears throat> yo... I'm dropping you into this block. You're not gonna. I'm dropping you into this block, this community that you don't see at all, because mm-hmm. you don't care. <laughs> like, and yeah. it, it is so, it's so fucking, it's so fucking effective. So, uh, I want to hear uh, about how mm-hmm. life inter, uh, life imitates art, kind of mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. What's crazy about this is I remember reading. Uh, I can't remember which book it was, but it was talking about how like, like times that movies got like fucked over by things that happen like were happening in the zeitgeist at that t- point or things that it caused that kept it off from being like made it lifted it up or like made it like bomb or whatever mm-hmm. and in this case the example was uh news coverage would cover a shit ton of because uh, rival gangs were going to watch this movie and they would see each other at the theaters yeah. and so violence may may start and it became a huge like thing yeah. In like media, like mass media. But not because like, the story of the movie just like, look at this look is at happening. This. It's dramatic. Gang movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like gang movies cause gangs to go to like, and now you're at violence and it's in your movie theater and mm. stuff like that. And it's just like, oh man, that's literally what Ice Cube is talking about. Yeah. Like he's talking about you're missing that's, the point. <laughs> you're missing like, the point. But how does yeah. this impact our theater community? And it's also Furious' speech in the Compton neighborhood when he, you know, like that Furious fucking that name. speech dude. kills it, dude. Like Lawrence Fishburne in this yeah. movie is just absolutely fucking phenomenal. They want us to kill ourselves. Well, this is the real red pill. It's my, yeah. like, there's no yeah. matrix. That should be. I'm yeah. like, this should be. Do you want to know reality? Yeah. Like, it's so funny too because didn't when Matrix came out when like ninety nine? Yeah. Yeah. It's only like seven years after, seven eight years afterwards. And I love this is like him being Morpheus, but for real life, explaining yeah. actually the system. And yeah, that's I think that's 
the sequence that I was most, yeah, like blown away by. Um, getting its just weight in a movie made at this time. And of course mm-hmm. the credit goes to Walt, the John Singleton knew how important that scene was, but like the fact that it made it through the production system, I was just so happy to see that sequence in there. Um, basically where he goes up to the billboard, right. And is explaining like how the community needs to come together and invest its own money yeah. and property, black money, yeah. black money and black property. And, and they set up that he's very, they lightly imply he's nation of Islam cause you won't eat pork and stuff. But I, they like shied away from explicitly saying. Well, that. they laugh. Someone makes a reference about him being Farrakhan or Farrakhan. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. there's. But I just like how he was all about, yeah, a poor black guy from our neighborhood broke into the house, and Trey is like, "You should have shot him because he broke into our house." And he's like, "I want to stop killing. <laughs> like, I don't want to kill yeah, another black person. I don't want to kill right. another. But I was only doing this so to protect us, not to kill somebody." He brought a level yeah. of nuance to the issues that I just think is ahead of its time and even got watered down by movies that followed in these footsteps for example the reason i brought up imperial dreams which was a netflix movie that's very much sort of this tone but also the part where someone inevitably tragically dies as a result of a gang mix-up is a dramatically shot quote-unquote like cool looking shootout right Mm -hmm. this movie does not glorify gun violence at all for a second. There's mm. never a part where Ice Cube is like ducking behind the thing and using cover and popping up and down. Yeah. I just love that it's it it didn't get distracted well, by any of the erroneous yeah. side shit. Well, because that's not what true gun violence exactly. is. In the hood. I mean, look, as somebody who has seen bullets as close to my face as you are sitting to me. Mm. Uh, and as somebody who has... You went to the World War One Museum? Uh, no, <laughs> no. just uh, <laughs> as somebody who was this close, yes. uh, was up in a drive-by shooting. Damn. Uh, an innocent bystander yeah. in a drive-by shooting. Okay. And thankfully and blessfully was not shot. Uh, or as somebody who has seen people laying in the street uh, four seconds after getting shot. Like... Right. Is not like that. Is like the gun violence in the neighborhood is not like that, and the 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 move to shoot people is not how the media portrays it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, like it it is senseless in a way, and it is a symptom of the systematic racism and everything that these people are putting in these neighborhoods for, which is why I love that Lawrence Fishburne speech because that's what it's about. How do you think they got the guns? How, why do you think there's, there's a, a liquor, liquor store and a gun shot up every... You don't see that shit in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Like, they want us true. to kill us. They so, want yeah. us to kill us. Like, that's true. Like, you yeah. couldn't open up a liquor store in every corner in Beverly Hills. But in my neighborhood, you could. Like, and, and those it, people drink just as much as And anyone. they drink just as much, yeah. if not more. <laughs> yeah. uh, they, uh, they do more drugs, if not. They exactly. do just as, more drugs, more type of drugs. Yeah. More <laughs> like access people to in more the hood. drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Their storefronts are just hidden. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it, it's, it's an insane thing. And the, the one thing that I really loved about this movie is the movie sets up for the first hour and a half, basically. Just living in the life of these characters. So when one of them dies, it's much more effective. Uh, nobody in the main cast dies until right. only one person in the main cast dies yeah. Uh, yeah. that you see. And Doughboy mm-hmm. dies 
but, but uh, that's uh, off it's camera. It's a fade. Yeah. Another standby. He standby me. Yeah. And yeah. He just fades out. He just no, fades it's out. That's a good point. Yeah. So and and I think the reason that's so effective is because the movie was just about living in this life. So it made you value their lives and value how sad the life they were living. Yeah. Was like when the cop puts the gun up to Kubigan Jr.'s throat and yeah. like he goes to Nia Long and they finally fuck. Uh, but before that, he's like crying and sad and pissed and shit. Like, I've had those feelings. Like, yeah. as the person in my hood who quote unquote got out, mm. you know, sure, who yeah, went yeah, to college yeah. and who like did something <laughs> different, you know, um, who had the single mother. And like, like the story is very parallel for me because. Mm. Like, you do have those feelings where it's like, something isn't right, it's but I don't know what it is. And yeah. and it's a symptom. Like, you, you, yeah, you can point to, I wish we would stop killing each other. You killed him. You killed my friend. Where does but it stop? But that's easy to understand. Yeah. What's not easy to understand is the why. Yeah, the small why. Like, it's just gang violence. But the overall why. But why is it this way here? You can't and, understand yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. just can't fucking understand it. And it's so frustrating. And like four miles over there, it's not this way. How yeah. come they get to... Yeah. It's, an, it's, it's such an insane thing. And I think the movie does such a good job in setting that up. It's, uh, you just made you me realize that. something, too. Uh, this has the same form as Rocky, the movie Rocky. Interesting. Yeah, and never seen it. Uh, yeah, you you gotta watch Rocky. I know the first one is way better than all the it's subsequent not, it's ones. It's like yeah, it, yeah. that whatever. Uh, but yeah, what it is is it's the same thing. It's a character study for an hour and a half, and then yeah. like twenty minutes of battle. Um, in this, it's like if Rocky, if you were to, which it reminded me, it's like yeah, it's Rocky, but Rocky like succeeds very clearly at the end, like he triumphs. And this, it's the reverse. It's almost, it's almost like if we were to do Rocky, all of Rocky, but then just do Creed. And yeah. then it reminded me that Ryan Coogler started his uh, career with Fruitvale Station, yeah. much mm. in the same way that John Singleton did. Yeah. And uh, he went to USC. I went there I with see him. Parallels very like his short Coogler film was just yeah. like basically it was called Fig, and it was about Figueroa. And mm. he's uh, he's from Oakland, so he's like he. He it had the same experience, and I remember having a conversation with Coog about like something also that is in Singleton's, which is the like old racist cop, mm -hmm. and like uh, and also that's the, black. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then the uh, old racist, well, kind of racist, but just like it's them. Like during the Compton scene, like he's like it's those, it's these idiots that are causing all that. That's yeah. why there's gun shops everywhere and stuff like that. It's like even your own culture is not on, like, it hasn't been gotten to the point that people even agree with inside of, of a culture right. what the problems are. That's how deep well, that why question well, is. Well, I mean, yeah. so to, I, I want to I touch on that before it leaves my brain. And I, I think that's very true. And I think the reason why it's so jarring or why it's such a noticeable thing is because the the systematic thought that for whatever reason we as black people have to have one culture that is easily fixable or that we know when if you actually look at let's say for instance uh just white people 
that's never like, oh, you got this culture, you got Italian, you got uh, European, yeah. you got yeah. this, this, this. Yeah, no one, you got a lot of cultures. How can you know how to mm-hmm. fix them all? Mm-hmm. But when you put it to the like black people uh, and how, oh yeah, how, see, they can't even agree within themselves. Well, hey, like, so? who fucking cares? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, isn't that our human? Here's a here's an even better way to say what I'm trying to say. I got in an argument with someone recently about you know the the, the story the cops with uh, this couple in Phoenix. The daughter stole a accidentally took a doll out of the dollar store. Oh my! And these yeah. cops yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Like, I don't get. Okay. Yeah, what kind of training? The cop like comes at first words he says. It's not training. Shoot you in the fucking face. It's not training. It's racism. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's not training. They're not trained to do that. But that's what I mean. Is like, what do you? That's definitely not what you're supposed to say. No, not at all. (laughs) And you know, I wrote a post saying like, "Yo, just real talk. Fuck all police." Uh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, and somebody said somebody hit me up in my DMs because that's what people like to do nowadays. And it was just like, yo, when a black person kills somebody, would you like be okay if I said like fuck all black people? And I was and like, they all think right. think that's logic, but it's Yeah, not. they think that's logic. And I was <laughs> like, all right, I know you think you just got me, but let me tell you why you're you a moron. <laughs> uh is because uh you make a choice to become a police officer. Uh, you don't make a choice to be black. So if Rachel a black Dole person, all, if a black person kills a black person, that's no different than a white person killing a Mexican person or a white right. person killing a white person. It's a symptom of human behavior. Uh, race has nothing to do with that. But yeah. if I put on a uniform as a police officer and I act like that because somebody yep. is of a different, I am making a choice to do that. So yeah. they are not the same. So yes. Fuck everybody who puts on that uniform mm-hmm. uh, because you're either that bad or you choose to turn a blind eye to people who are that bad. But if a black person kills a black person, then you can't say fuck all black people. It's fuck all humans. totally different. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're allowed to say, like, why do humans hurt each other? Exactly. Fine, but We're that's allowed all to you say can that. really say. He's yeah. Just, yeah, he just gets out. He puts a gun in... Uh, in his face, in Trey's yeah. face. And Trey, yeah. and he's just like, you just get off on like hating you people. You just get off on hating people, man. And it's a symptom of the that and that and it's a very true thing. Cops in those neighborhoods are not great. Alright, so no. I'm gonna ask stupid questions because I like yeah. to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you think the racist, the most overtly racist cop being black? was a choice of John Singleton's to like challenge your perceptions of like you would think the southern white cop would be no, racist? No, I mean... Or is that be just because that's true to the hood and he wanted right. to include it? Also let it be known that this is like, from Singleton had this... Ex- like he, yeah. he had the experience and he wrote it in. He said a lot of it's very autobiographical, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think it's both. Do you both. think it was a statement about I think it's both because that is, a, that is a thing and like there are black cops who... Uh, treat other black men and women like that uh, in in those neighborhoods. But I think the even larger story, which is what I enjoyed about that moment, is look who his partner was. Mm -hmm. And look like how he was seemingly the the calm one or whatever in that (laughs) instance. Um, 
And that typically does happen, and it happens for a reason. It happens because that that officer feels exactly the same way. It's almost like, hey, I got a black friend. See, I'm right. not racist. I got a black He's friend, and he feels the same shit. way I yeah, do, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it almost is like everybody around that black cop is empowering this black yeah. cop to do this and, and then like, like you said and, which is funny is they're like and because he's black and he says this that must mean that's what black people think which right. is racism it's like nested within racism uh okay so second stupid question because i also i know this was a thing and do the right thing as well and i noticed that in that scene the like real estate scene mm. uh the fictional real estate billboard is soul to soul, like a Korean reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is the problem with b- between uh, the Korean community in the hood and the black community in the hood? I don't. I, I see you represented in media, but I don't know yeah. the history of that. Do it, you? I think that's more of an LA thing. Okay. Uh, that I'm. I'm not. I don't know as much. I, it definitely wasn't a thing. Uh, in on the south side of Chicago, but sure. but I have seen it in enough movies that I'm yeah. like, there's some history in with, with Koreatown or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I I definitely think there's more of a LA gang thing. Um, yeah, that yeah, I don't I don't really I don't really know uh, as much about that. It is interesting that it's such a un- it's I mean not fully unique obviously because you're talking about Chicago, but my girlfriend and I were just in New Orleans and. She's a social worker who used to work primarily with gang-impacted youth. And when we drive on the freeway here in L.A., she can look at the tags and be like, they own from this block to this block. Then it becomes, oh, that gang. I didn't know they were in this area. Mm -hmm. Um, And in New Orleans, a a lot of the folks we talked to were like, it's not like that. That's interesting. Or that's that's weird to me that in L.A. it's like block by block. Right. Um, so I just think it it's a great look at like, I don't know. It was surprising growing up in L.A. Mm-hmm. to find out that there aren't, that there isn't gang culture everywhere. I did. It's yeah. like I normalized it as well. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely. And, you know, the funny thing, too, is you realize there's gang culture, obviously. Um but I think the I, I I think what gets lost is that gang culture. If you let the media tell the story, is like a twenty four seven three sixty five thing, and right. more times than not, like in my neighborhood, mind you, like I said, gunshots every night. People, I'm sure people selling drugs, gang violence, mm-hmm. gang members. Uh, seven days out of the week, I was outside playing, riding my bike, playing basketball, like playing with my friends. Like yeah. you know, it was you know, it was just life. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, mm. it wasn't this, it wasn't these people. Like, hi, you know what? I feel like killing a nigga today. Right? Uh, like people <laughs> yeah. ain't like yeah, like people ain't yeah. people ain't doing that. People aren't you know. Uh, it's not like that, for instance. And when it happens, it's sad, and you know, it's usually a boiling point. And even like even in this movie, mm-hmm. like you see, like all the moments where they get together, like the fight, and when there was the big block party, for instance, yeah. and then them coming through, uh, like driving, and Ice Cube just standing on the porch, like, "What you gonna do?" <laughs> yeah. uh, and then nothing happens. There's so much more posturing that happens, and a lot of times, then people realize too, where it's just like, 
I don't like you. Stay on your side. Yeah. I'm going to warn you. You're going to keep pushing, and then I'm going to kill you. I love that they even pointed out because uh, the guys who the guys who kill Ricky, they're Crenshaw. Ferris. They're, mm-hmm. No, oh, they're is his name, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, Crenshaw. because uh, the Crenshaw Kings. Because um, when they he, like, laughs at him, they all start laughing at him, and, uh, uh, like, all the, all the people in the convertible. And, like, I think that Doughboy's kind of trying to do that, too, because he starts kind of pontificating on, like, they're just doing that, and they're just flexing <laughs> because they got to do it. And he's like, man, you do That's that, too. That's what you do. And yeah. he goes, I know, I'm just explaining how this yeah. all works. Yeah. And yeah. he's I like, what do you do? Nice... He goes, uh... I'm enlightening them on the aspects of religion. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that. It's like, yeah, that's kind of what the movie's doing too, is it's not trying to solve anything. It's just trying, it's not to, trying to solve anything. It's, it's trying to paint a, a picture. You know, yeah. it's, 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 this is, this is a day in the life. Yeah, exactly. It's still um, and yet there are, I think, intentional disconfirming or like challenging, like that billboard scene we keep referencing. I love how even the score and stuff sets up tension. Mm-hmm. You're like, Oh, this guy who's clearly gang affiliated by his clothes is walking up. I guess something's going to pop off and it's like, nothing. They're no, he's to there to hear what the dude is saying yeah. and ask questions. About and that it. happens way more than people <laughs> yeah. think it does. Like yeah. I, I, I know so many gang members, especially when I was growing up who were a part of different gangs who would ball together. And mm-hmm. like, you know, or they could be in the same room together, or <laughs> you know, it's not almost like yeah. jets and sharks. Ah, let's fight. You know, it's not <laughs> yeah. like that. No. And, and that's a good. And, and that's one. You know, I, I got into this debate a while ago. But one thing that I always show up that I always bring up is gangs in general, um, and gangs and gentrification. Right? Which why that billboard scene is so important to me because the gentrification of that neighborhood uh what it does is it forces gangs to live closer and closer mm-hmm. and closer Densified. and closer yeah and, and the narrative you becomes put, more of the same the same right the same. and when you put these when you put these gangs closer which is a purposeful thing like all right let's gentrify this neighborhood get them out and yeah. where else do they have to move but the place that's just as cheap as where they used to live mm-hmm. which is where the rival gang is yeah. of course you're gonna get them to fight uh but this idea that gangs in the black community are are, are so violent I always point to West Side Story. They were mm. in gangs. It was Justin Sharks. And they would gangs. automatically stamp each other and if they, they saw already, each other. Exactly. Yeah. And they weren't in gangs that were mm. in the same neighborhood. They would travel to find each other. <laughs> you know right, what I'm right. saying? It's, uh, and the yeah. difference is they had their knives and shit. But they had their knives and stuff. But look how much, you know, white gangs, for instance. Or not even white because there was... But, but, but non-black gangs, for instance. Right, or right. in that instance... <laughs> make up white people uh, like most of West Side Story was yeah. how it's celebrated it's let's issues. dance and yeah. it's stylized yeah. and it's beautiful and it's about love and all this shit and like how black gangs are not uh, is these people are dangerous uh, menaces to society Yeah, and a big difference of that is what he Lawrence Fishburne uh, Furious was saying is gangs are everywhere but look how easy it is for us to get guns and look how easy it is for us to get the things Mm -hmm. to combat uh, the gang violence for gangs that are just across the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) in our neighborhood. It's not just easy, it's actively... I mean, I'm fully on 
board with the crack being intentionally disseminated in black communities yeah. concept. I think, yeah, the, I think the system has made repeated attempts to be like, just give them all the guns and drugs and see if see if they like dissolve. Can we mm. do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have you seen uh, Kill the Messenger? No. <sighs> Very convincing. Really. That uh, the journalist who is about to expose that crack was literally intentionally disseminated in black communities. He died of quote unquote suicide, according to the coroner's report. Of course. But he died of two gunshot wounds to the back of the head. Yeah. And that's true. Oh, yeah, myself. that's how he killed himself. He's <laughs> um, got very long arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, and also, I, yeah, can we talk about Doughboy as a character, just like in and of himself? Because yeah. I also. Was this Ice Cube's first movie, or is yes. it like the beginning of his acting? Okay. It was, uh, which can't you can't say enough of it. He did great. I couldn't believe when he how shoots them and he's looking and the blood splatters on his face. I was like, oh shit! Yeah. No man, to me it's well, yes, yes, yeah. but also like to me, I the scene when the mom comes out and he's fighting with Ricky and she punches him in the face. Right, this is your fault. And his heart broken immediate. Why you hit me, Ma? Why you hit me, Ma? And then later, uh, her immediate assumption that if Ricky died, it's his fault. it must be your fault. He, like, nailed those scenes. And great, to me, man. the scripting also, like, what a Shakespearean character. Mm -hmm. He's like a Falstaff. Like, there's this great scene where they're on the porch and he's literally bragging to his friends about how but like ricky's gonna redeem us all man he has the talent he's gonna go far and then ricky comes out on the porch and he immediately flips to fuck you ricky you think you're better mm -hmm. than me the like i mean that's the strength of the performance and the script yeah. but doughboy is an endlessly fascinating character to me like the idea that he wants to be able to respect himself so he has to succeed by the metrics available to him, but he also sees that like his little brother's something to be proud of, but that makes him feel bad about himself. Like he just is constantly in a cycle of trying to figure out life. And He's the kind oh. of paradox that a, a system like that might create. Absolutely, yeah. but I like, mean, I know a dope. Every every person who grew up in the hood knows a doughboy, which is very funny because it is it, there is always that that guy who in and out of trouble, but is educated. You know, uh, uh, no yeah. shit, but, you know, it's not, he's not playing anything. He just is who he is. You know, this idea that he's playing thug. No, he's not. No, yeah. You know, and and his character arc, or not even arc, but his character study is a symptom of the people around him. Uh, it, you know, the the... Ma, why you hit me? Like you, uh, yeah. you were saying, like you love that scene. Why you hit me, Ma? Why you hit me? Um, is essentially saying, this is why Doughboy is how he is. Because it's you what know, you expect from him, so he did yeah. does it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing happens when he, uh, he he calls women hoes, and they're like, "Why do you always call women hoes?" And he's like, "Why? Because because you're a bitch. Because you because you, you are. Yeah, that's what you are. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like uh, it's just like." why it's like they almost it's almost like they're so close and they agree with all of the reasons not to do it but they like it's in some degree uh care people fall 
down into these ideologies of tribe mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. like you're mentioning with the jets and like the you know like people cross the earth because it's like oh someone's after one of my friends it's the same thing of like he's so locked in his ways but he's so aware yeah. that his ways are like prescribed for him and wrong yeah, yeah. You know? people people that go to jail all the time know they don't want to go to jail right uh <laughs> they know what to do not to go to jail but it is Doughboy and other pe- people of the like, you are a product of your environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is such a, and, and, and which is, I go back to, which is why I love the, the Loris Fishburne speech in this. You are a product of your environment. And who is creating your environment? Who has a big hand and not only creating your environment, it. Yeah. but <laughs> also not letting you bust, making it hard for you to bust out yeah. in your environment. And like Doughboy and that gentrification uh, neighborhood speech go hand in hand. Yeah, uh, it's mm-hmm. it's such a it is, and very few are able to get out, and very few say, you know what? It's I always point my 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 fiance is white, and. You know, I remember talking to our brother when we first started dating a long time ago and we were having this conversation. Uh, and, like, the big thing I just kept telling him is is education. Mm. And he was like, well, they can go to school too. I'm not, I'm not talking about fucking school. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not talking about school. Also, how much shit did you learn in school you still use? Like, None of it. It's, None of it's it. It's not a yeah. good system. It, yeah. is, it, is, it is. This is all they know. And it's the, the right resources learning. for them to know more are generally not given to them. And mm-hmm. I'm not talking about book smarts. I'm not even talking about street smarts. I'm just talking like, yo, wisdom? there is wisdom and there yeah. is a way out. And, and and not even out, but there is, you don't have to be like this. Uh, or you don't have to be a symptom of this. Mm-hmm. Or and just a lot of people just don't know that. Be aware that you are you sort of have been groomed to be like this. It doesn't mean you have to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not even that you don't have to be like, be whatever you are. Like, right. that's the thing is it is people are systematically trying to keep you in this. And yeah. this movie just shows that so beautifully where like everything that's happening, it seems right. like people are just trying to it like, you're just trying to stay in that in that one. Because really, the arc you care about, and a man, I love movies. Inside Lewin Davis does this great too. Movies where a major plot point is something not happening, mm-hmm. like the the triumphant success of the protagonist in this movie is Trey changing his mind and not taking part in a drive-by. Yeah. It's not Ricky getting killed. It's not Doughboy getting vengeance. It's Trey literally. I came so close to stepping into this world in a way that I would never be able to step back from. Yeah. And I was able to step back. And the fun thing is a lot of movies, and this is not a knock on movies, but movies build to that uh, in a way that's very singular, where this movie doesn't build to that in a singular way at all. Yes. Uh, You know, you're not built into that moment. Like in a movie, that that moment just happens. But you also, I think, (laughs) you just made me realize over the course of this that like we've treated narratives about life in the hood in the same way we do the wild west Mm. where it's like if people actually were as ready to kill and die as they are in the wild west it would be depopulated in a couple months like people like you said cowboys didn't really shoot each other that much yeah and yet it's so much more dangerous to go see hood movies and just like imbibe and accept the reality because Mm. 
there aren't cowboys in the real world right now who can be like done a disservice by us not understanding. So I do think it's a yeah, it's there's a code too in the hood, man. Like yeah, it's the reason why none of the like the mamas and the daddies and stuff was being targeted. Right. They could live in harmony. There's also you know? this this implication I think from the movies that a lot of us take for granted that, like you said, oh, a gang member is the type of person who wakes up and goes out looking for trouble, and you're like. But they're scared to die. Like, they're a human being. People yeah. don't want to just immediately get into a gunfight at all times. Yeah. Um, I think that's part. the singular power of this movie is, like, what you were talking about, product of the environment. It's like Doughboy is the tragic character even more so than Ricky because he's the tragedy of sticking to the script, mm -hmm. you know? And that is so important to how John Singleton uh, filmed this. Because um, he did something very, very rare in in cinema, which is he shot it in sequence. Yeah, he shot mm. this whole yeah. movie in sequence. So, know. and for people who don't know what that means, it means he shot the first page, and then the second page, and then the third page. Yeah. So uh, the and characters that doesn't happen. Then yeah. I think I've read like this was one of it's the first movies to do that. It's, it's inefficient. It happens. It's very inefficient. <laughs> it's very inefficient. Uh, but it's it's if you have like all of the homes and stuff it's at it's on it's on the table yeah. especially for people like cube like they had who were non-actors getting it all getting to that spot where it's just like you it's just simple to think about where am i in the narrative well what happened yesterday mm -hmm. is just such an easy simple task mm -hmm. for an actor that they can just spend all their time yeah. reserved on like how what this moment means for me now and and taking all of the things we do to make it more efficient and make it all that and just stripping that right out and just making it about a story about uh, these people is so important. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy that there's uh, one scene where he's cutting his hair, Fierce is cutting Trey's hair, mm. and he's like, I'm not getting old, I'm getting better. Mm. You can see him getting better as a director yeah. as the movie goes on. Oh, interesting. The see, yeah. If you watch the shots with that in mind, the shots are very boring, and then he get a little bit more dynamic, and then you can tell that's like 20 minutes in when he's cutting his hair. He feels like he's hitting his stride. He's yeah. like starting to get confident. Which is so fun. Yeah, it's a really fun way to watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, knowing that too, because I read that too. He was like, I was getting better at directing as the movie goes on, yeah. like in the shot framing and stuff like that. That is the fastest way to learn is like is to do, do it. a feature yeah. and you'll be like, I'm learning so and much. I, <laughs> I think a reason why a lot of the performances were so powerful and believable and you really cared about these people before anything even truly happened in yeah. the movie. Uh, which, or let's be real, the first thing that really happened in the movie wasn't until an hour and a half into it. Well, it's more uh, focused on, like, the first thing that happened in the movie is this kid has to live with his dad with who's his dad. strict. Yeah. You're, like, invested in how does the kid feel? How's it right. going to affect his life? Right. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's, I mean, other than, like, the digression of someone breaks in their house, like, he's... He's absolutely a great dad, you know. Yeah. Like he's he's telling him a lot of wisdom, and he's doing the kind of teaching that is yeah. effective. Strict so by our standards, you're immediately, but like by my standards, but. you're immediately thrown into it's it's more like Hogwarts than it is like a, you know like something else. I also know? thought Harry Potter. I was like, they take so much time investing you in like this kid and how is his like formation going? Yeah. Is really the first like act as you're like. Would he have been raised better by his mom or his dad? Yeah. Which yeah. is not... There's so many movies that are just right out of the gate. Like, so-and-so killed this guy. Now the the thrust of the plot is, will vengeance come? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's this is... great as a that's character That's why it reminds study. me of Rocky, is it's just like, let's get to know it's what these people piece. are. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it, it, it's not a tone poem. 
It's a character study. Yeah, which is so fun, too, because of that. As somebody who's done a lot of theater uh, acting, Mm -hmm. one of the things, and I just noticed from just in general, I've done a lot of theater acting and I've done film acting, and it is, there are two different muscles acting-wise. When you're in the theater, when you're in the stage play, you, once you're in it, you rehearse a lot, but when you start the play, all the feelings that you have as you go through as a character, like, they build within you. Mm -hmm. Whereas film is very stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Uh, And then when you throw on top of that shooting out of sequence, you have to really get into the like state of mind of Quickly. the scene today. <laughs> yeah. Time and, has to be a flat circle. <laughs> right. And when you when shooting this in sequence, uh allows that to be a much easier process. Yes. Where you don't have to like, all right, where are we at in the script today? All right, what happened before this? Blah blah blah. And like you're just acting you're just acting the size for the day mm-hmm. yeah. when you shoot out a sequence. I, and look easier for a the lot cast, of a lot of great crew. yeah, a lot of great <laughs> actors are great. But as somebody who does film, let me tell you, you are yeah. just acting the size for the day. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But when you shoot in sequence, like that doesn't like you you aren't anymore. You're acting the script mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. you know where every place you are in the script, yeah. you know, and it's such a it's such an effective way to do a movie like this that. I guarantee you, if this was John Singleton's second, third, or fourth movie, he wouldn't have done it. Like it takes the yeah. ignorance of somebody doing their first movie to be to that. Think, well, that would be nice to grant do. that. You know what? I think I'll go for it. Yeah. Without yeah. even knowing, jumping into that answer without even knowing what the limitations Whereas are. If he had yeah. like a sixty-five-year-old, he'd be like, lead, oh, fuck he'd be that. like, no, you don't never did do that, that again. You don't want to do that. Um, here's why. There's no <laughs> solutions in this in this movie. There's no. Yeah. There's just only questions, there's, and there's just elaborations and observations. This That's movie true. doesn't end. It doesn't. Well, it is like, well, Trey got out, but he could have not. I like, could have not got out. He doesn't paint a clear path for you to get right. out. Right. And Doughboy dies. I hated you hated that. that he got out? Oh, really? Oh, no, no, no. I just hated that the movie ended that way. Uh, that it ended Which with aspect, the yeah. title. Sorry, like, the, that, like doing the title. Not because it was short The Stand curve, By Me Just thing? the idea that it needed to end and feel like, okay, and they got married and he went to a college and he died and like right. he had answers. Sure. See, I, I, I actually, I love that. Uh, and here's why. Because uh, Doughboy dies. Um, Unceremoniously. Yeah. yeah. Which is, to a ghost. which is very true. And one of the last mm-hmm. things he says is, it just goes on and on, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I liked it a lot is because in this story and in this neighborhood, yeah, Trey was going to college. So that that is that is the next part of that story. Uh, what's her name? Brandy was going to college. That was mm-hmm. the next part of that story. And this hood is going to keep going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's not that nothing is stopping in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Nah, and yeah, that's right. And like Ice Cube died two weeks later. This mom it lost so both soon. of her sons in two weeks. Two weeks later, and it was unceremonious. And right. like him leaving wasn't a big deal. He just went to college. Like he was one of the hundreds of people who actually got to do that. Right. Yeah, right. And like a lot of those things are unceremonious in the hood. And there's always that one where it's like, 
Which is why they didn't get mad when he wanted to get out of the car. Which is why he was like, I'm glad you got out of the car. You shouldn't have been there in the first place. Yeah, I like Trey that. was on the path he was supposed to be on. He had to go to college. Yeah. Because that is, unfortunately, the plot device that's very relevant in the hood. There's always that one. And he was that one. But the neighborhood is going to keep going on. Yeah. And I think that is pr- probably from a filmmaking perspective. It's probably like neat and it didn't need to be. But from a, I believe this perspective, uh, it was very, very believable as far as, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. This this is exactly what would have happened. And I uh, I agree with you. I, the glee that I, I I also enjoy how unceremonious it is. I know what it says. Yeah. I like what it says. I just you could have gone even more open ended. I just personally. I just think that it's almost like. So now that I've told you this, like, beautiful, like, play, like, here's a tale, yeah. and it's ended mm-hmm. now. Also, epilogue, this is how it continues, if you wanted to know. Seems right. so winky and, like... Like, you almost, I like, get, we didn't I, need I, I to got know. It. Yeah, I got it. Some, that's why I did the speech. But that's I do what, think, like, that stand-by-me bookend aspect, that's I think true. it shows what Singleton's trying to do. He yeah, wasn't trying that's to probably make true. a fringe movie that's only for... Uh, community of people who have who grew up in the hood. Yeah, he wanted to make a movie about the hood that was authentic, but that everyone could see, or not could, but would see. Yeah. So I do think, I mean, look, it's Cuba Gooding Jr. and Lawrence Fishburne. It's like there's still the studio system and the aspect of trying to make the movie fit the the act structure that the Hollywood sure. likes and everything. Well, I don't think it, I don't think the ending does or doesn't do that in any, like, I think it's pretty emphatically not one way or the other about it. Although I, Columbia was looking for something to be like, Hey, universal did do the right thing. We want something like that. They didn't care totally. about act two should be this. But I would still argue that. from like a structural filmmaking standpoint, do the right thing is, more artistically challenging than not yeah. even challenging. This is challenging in the content it's presenting and less exactly. in the That's like stylization. Whereas yeah. Spike Lee is challenging in that, in the way any director can be challenging. He brings a artistic vision and layers it onto the sure. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just think, and I admire it. I think Singleton is almost Spielberging it. He's like, no, I want it to be transparent because it's true story. I'm not trying to add. Sure. Thick stylization. You sure, know? but that's the thing. It's like such a bigger question, and it and it really is the movie superpower mm-hmm. that you, makes you go like, why do you care about the book ending with the Stand by Me? I know it's a nice little thing to like people get, you know, like all excited about the references and the idea that it all kind of bookends in a way, or here's a reference there, here's a reference there, but it doesn't matter in the scope of what it's ultimately trying to say, which is a bigger, wider point that matters, and that's why that movie exists. That's why it can yeah. be like, this shot is boring to look at. Doesn't matter. Don't give a fuck about the shot. But that's why I think it's more for the sake of the audience, because I think there is the thought that, like, yeah, but they've spent time with Doughboy and Trey. They're going to want to know what happened. It's, that's yeah, what I mean. It's, that's in a way, it's more the rea- traditional. You're right. That's the reality. I'm not saying I, mean, I, wa- I wish it to be different. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I can see what you're uh, saying. Like, you didn't need to, you didn't need to see those. You didn't need to see the uh, the subtitles to assume to assume what? That, that he was going to go to college and stuff yeah. like that. I I think you know like in this story we care about four characters the most. We care mm-hmm. about Ricky, Trey, 
Doughboy and Brandy. That's Nia Long, Morris Chestnut, mm-hmm. Ice Cube, and uh, Kuba. And we know what happens to Ricky. We, uh, and that's it. <laughs> that's yeah, the only yeah, person we else, know what happens uh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it can, and it I think could happen to anyone else. And so it could happen to anybody. Yeah. And I think when you go to the title of the movie, Boys in the Hood, uh, these could be any boys mm-hmm. in any hood, mm-hmm. right? And, and and like, if we go to two blocks down the street, there's another Boys in the Hood movie. If we go a block down yeah, the street, right. there's Slightly another Boys in the Hood movie. Slightly different, same thing. And you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I think them just saying, we wrapped up Ricky Story's line. Let's wrap up the rest of these Boys in the Hood stories line. Mm-hmm. And which is why I love, like, when it did that, and like Morehouse is a very good college. Like both of those are black colleges and stuff like that. But I love when as soon as that was over, the title just came back, yeah. <laughs> and it increased was like the yeah, increased the peace, uh, yeah. And, and increased the peace because yeah. it's it's saying that if we do that, we can get more trays and brandies mm-hmm. in these neighborhoods. People who even when faced with the decision of you took some, you like you killed my friend. I want revenge. I want to kill you. I'm not gonna do that, even though that one moment could have took all of this away from me, yeah. right? Yeah. And it is, I, I, I 100% like I said from a filmmaker perspective, get like, yeah, do we need to actually see it? Probably not, but I, I think not leaving it ambiguous is the We're, right way to go yeah. for that specific. Like for those for just this specific story. That's fair. That's the yeah. thing. That's yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Man, my f- you're talking about the elephant aspect of slice of life diversions. The one where we watch in real time a guy who hasn't been properly educated about like how life works slowly realize that you can get HIV from having your dick sucked. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Scene. I love because it's comedic, mm-hmm. but also as it's happening, you actually meditate on. How scary would that fucking be for no one to have explained that to you mm-hmm. and you think you're all good and then slowly find out how HIV works. Yeah. yeah. And that, like that was a fucking that and was this a is, and this scenery. is also like, you know, HIV and AIDS mm-hmm. and when this mm-hmm. not only when this movie cuz this movie isn't set like in an earlier time when it came out, it's set in, in its time in 91. Yeah. yeah. Like that was a big huge huge yeah. Uh, conversation at that point, yeah, like a lot of people still didn't know. I mean, this is before Magic came out with HIV. Yep. This is before Easy E died. This is before, like, right, so yeah, to yeah. have all of this. Uh, this is when HIV was still thought of as just unfortunately like uh, a gay STD. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. the and so like that conversation at that point, was exactly how it would have happened. Yeah, uh, which and is that's so what crazy. Elfin movies do, is yeah. they hit yeah. so many topics that are like, yeah, that's just a spoke on the wheel of this whole thing we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, my one knock would be, I do still, I feel like there's gotta be more nuance to the life of a single mother who succumbs to a crack addiction. But uh, it is definitely dick, yeah. boys in it's the hood, emphasis intense. on boys. Like, oh, yeah. And even to this day, I, I would love insight into that story from a woman's point of view. Like, even in Moonlight, I felt like 
the crack mom is just like almost a trope of the genre where you're mm. like, you know, crack mom. Yeah. Who yeah. sucks your dick for crack. She's like a, a stock character in good right. movies. It's, it, it is a, it is a very male-dominated story, which I, look, I mean, I know in a perfect world all our stories – are inclusive and tell everybody's stories, but that's just an asinine request for well, you can't a do society that at, at to once. make. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it at once. Oh, the all movie. Yeah. yeah, you can't do the all movie every movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I know we're in a progressive uh, time frame, but that's just how filmmaking works. Yeah. That's but, how, but stories I feel like that film. But that's beautiful because that's how yet. stories work. You that's just get a lot of stories. You just got a lot of stories. A lot of stories. But I think, and, but I do agree with you. This one does. Have the misogyny of you know all the women are bitches and hoes and blah 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 and that's a very hip hop very hood thing uh, unfortunately um, I think Friday does a even though that's a good male dominated movie uh, that movie does a good job at showing you just a little bit more of Regina King yeah who also plays Ice Cube's sister right and <laughs> Friday yeah. how she and has the same hairstyle and seemingly the same so clothes funny. it's almost like they're the same fucking people yeah uh, but how like that relationship and how women are important more a little bit more important in the hood dynamic if you want to see a movie that does it from the female perspective, go see uh, Set It Off, which is okay. basically the yeah, female yeah, yeah. boys in the hood, essentially. Okay, nice. yeah. uh, Queen Latifah, call. Jada Pickett Smith, yeah. um, and I forget the other two. I guess I just feel like in general, like so many people I know, including myself, have struggled with addiction. I We often, that's still something in movies to this day that's easy to do where you're like, well, they're heroin addicts, so that is a side character that's not important and you don't yeah. think about. And I'm like... I mean, actually, they have a very interesting journey they they're on, yeah. too. You know? They do. And look, I will say this, man. I will say this. This is unfortunate, but I will say this. Uh, the crackhead that, you know, which is what you'd normally call them in the hood. Yeah. Uh, that is very much how they're treated. Uh, it's almost like a it's, it's almost like a second. They are secondary. Uh, you do like, want eh, them. You're just a crackhead. Yeah. It's not even that. You're just like, yo, get your shit together. Uh, (laughs) like damn get your shit together and go home the street right and go the fuck home get out of my face uh which is unfortunate you know that's that's a whole nother conversation of not very mental health and how uh the black community shuns mental health and force and look into other people to care about their mental health and addiction and things like that uh that is a very big thing in the black community that is lacking but as far as the truth of <laughs> that scene. You're like, it didn't strike me as authentic. Yeah. I'm just saying since everyone... Which is sad. I'm, I'm 100% saying oh, yeah. No, no, that's... So, you know, that realization well of, like, everyone is a human, so you could have the whole movie from her point of view. What would that mm, movie yeah. be like? What's her life like? Yeah. Um, Probably got a lot of crack in it. Very different movie. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, yeah, I'm right. doing the thing that a lot of just, crack. Like, it's a lot of crack in that movie. Like, it's I knew you'd like that, but I'm also like, I'm what's her life like? exactly <laughs> what we're talking about right now. Her life Lack is crack, empathy. and then let's not yeah. think about her anymore. Um, um, just so, yeah, just to bring it up, up. Uh, set it off as Vivica A. Fox, Kimberly Elise, uh, Queen Latifah, and Jada Pekin. Awesome. Uh, great movie. Great we will, we'll probably cover it eventually. Then. Yeah. Uh, this movie also features the line. I'm getting a Woody in my sweats, and we go out at kissing and hugging, you know? Yeah. That's all. That's my final <laughs> thought on the movie is I'm still like, 
I love the idea. That's the writer. Cuba Gooding Jr. trying to pretend he's had sex when he's still a virgin. (laughs) You know, like and his line is, you know, we were we're kissing and hugging, and I get a Woody in my sweats. You know, (laughs) sex (laughs) with adults. And then he says, I think, and then he's like, and so we're anyway, it's happening. I smoked it like a cigarette. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I got to be honest with you. uh, There's so many like with Cube and with uh, Fishburn there. So many good performances. Uh, Kuba's the one that I'm like, it's not bad, but you're not every scene, you're not like kicking its ass. It you wasn't know? a suit it's, as demanding. I mean, role. that's often with protagonists, you know, like it happens. Yeah. Uh, it's just a very dense role, and he did a good job with it. Uh, there's a lot of people in this movie who did a great job with they it. They did. I still feel that for my money, Ice Cube is just like mesmerizing. He's a star of movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is it, it. I mean, for Nia Long, Cuba, and Ice Cube, this was their kids introduction their breakout to, thing. Yeah, yeah, this was their breakout role. Um, you know, I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. was in Coming to America a couple years before that, <laughs> sure. but very small role. He has small roles. I don't know what Nia Long was in before this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh man, Nia Long was bad. <laughs> Ooh, she was bad. She's my she's my '90s yeah. crush, bro. Yeah. Oh, oh Nia Long was fine as hell. Uh, everything she was in, Woody in my sweats right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this was the breakout role for 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 those three in particular, and to a lesser degree, Morris Chestnut. Yeah, um, as well. Yeah. And, and uh, thus concludes the curious files of Furious. Styles. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, and that one locked the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Detective was, show spinoff where he solves crime. Yeah, the one I've been holding on was uh, this came out the same weekend as Point Break. Oh, so just to, if you guys want to know what white people were up to, <laughs> well, and I gotta say, as someone who grew up like in a predominantly white neighborhood. Point Break, uh, Point Breaks, the movie where we were like, they finally nailed it. That's what our lives are like. Yeah. <laughs> that is what that suburban is what white life yeah, is like. That is so it. It's me I and my de- friends, man. I, I hurt my leg. I was going to play football. Now I'm an FBI surfer cop. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let our next guest in. Can you wrap up the yeah. show? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so this has been a delightful conversation. I, yeah. love, I, love, I love your take on the movie. It's pretty amazing. Um, where do we find you online? Uh, first, thanks for having me again, guys. This was fun to talk about Boys in the Hood. Find me everywhere at Jackie's Neil on all social. Uh, Culture Kings, Culture Kings Pod. Uh, it's a podcast you can listen to me on. More stuff coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Solo project coming out. Uh, follow me. Hear all about it. I've been Abe. I'm still Michael. And that's frame rate.